0: Welcome to the Diversity at Work
1: podcast, where we unpack what it's really going to take to close the gender gap in the workplace. Here is your host, leadership coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. Episode is sponsored by Duckish Natural Skincare. I am super excited that they have jumped on board to sponsor the show because I actually know Carolyn Crew, the founder, personally. A couple of years ago, before there was a Reignite Your Ambition coaching program, before there was a workshop, before there was an ambitious everyday journal, I had an idea for an exercise to help people get clear on what drives their ambition so that they could set goals, feel fulfilled, and have something to strive for. So before I could do that, I actually had a group of entrepreneurs that I knew, and I asked them if I could test the exercise on them. So I asked Carolyn, what is the something that you're striving for? What drives your ambition? What motivates you to get up every day and go to work? And she said, 2%. And I didn't really expect an answer like that and i asked her to explain and she said that only two percent of women entrepreneurs actually reach a million dollars in annual revenue in their businesses and that is what motivated her to start duckish natural Skincare. they have lotion sticks lip balm baby products and bath products. They're really innovative. And my favorite product is their lotion stick. It looks like deodorant, but it's actually lotion. So you just rub it on your legs, you rub it on your arms, your hands, your face. You can even use it as a lip balm. And I love it because it's solid. And when I travel, I can keep it in my carry-on and I don't need to worry about having too much liquid to get through security. And for all of the Diversity at Work listeners, Duckish is offering you 15% off of your order. So you need to head to duckish.ca, that is D-U-C-K-I-S-H dot C-A and enter the promo code diversity at work at checkout and you will get 15% off of your order. The way I see it is that if you need to buy lotion anyways, Might as well buy it from a women-owned business so that you can do your part to close the gender gap. They ship to the U.S. and Canada. So head to duckish.ca and enter the promo code diversity at work and you will get 15% off. Hello and welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast. It's Andrea Jensen here. And on today's episode, I am interviewing Steve Foran. He is a gratitude expert and author of the book, Surviving to Thriving. And we talked about how simply, having a gratitude practice can make you a better leader it can help you shift your mindset from one of scarcity which is survival mindset to abundance which is a thriving mindset and also how we can take a different look at diversity so it's not an us versus them mentality it's really about opportunity and abundance and making the workplace better for everybody so sit back relax and enjoy this interview Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for coming on the Diversity at Work podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Can you introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do?
0: Yeah. Uh, Andrea, first, thanks for, uh, for having me here. It's a pleasure to be with you. You just have awesome energy, and so I really like being here. Um, I am a believer in Grateful Leadership. And I teach people to be happy. My background's an electrical engineer who had a bit of an aha moment 15, 16 years ago. And today, just using gratitude as a just foundational leadership skill, teach people to uh, to be happy.
1: Okay. So you're an electrical engineer and now you are a professional speaker, you're a consultant, you're a coach, and you have this company called Gratitude at Work. Yeah. And I'm really curious about what things were like for you Before this. Because I've only known you as this grateful, happy person. So I want to know what things were like for you before.
0: Uh, I was always a happy person, I think. You know, for most, all my life I was. um, But I was very judgmental. Like, I grew up the oldest of five. So being the oldest, I, I had a very, if you want to make something happen in the world, you got to do it. Your responsibility. If I saw someone on the street, I'd be at the front of the line judging them. Like. You want my money? Get a job. That's where I was, right? And then I had this realization. Like always, very positive though. uh, But I had the realization that you know my life was handed to me on a silver platter, and that really changed things for me.
1: Okay, so so how did that happen? What? How did you all of a sudden have this epiphany moment? Tell me.
0: it, it wasn't a, an epiphany moment. Maybe it was an epiphany couple months. Maybe it was an epiphany 30 or 40 years that just gradually this realization. Because I didn't have a tragedy come in my life. I didn't travel to some place in the world where I saw, you know, had an experience that made me realize this. It was just this gradual realization. And, and probably one of the things that really tipped it for me, though, was my kids when they got their first jobs in a neighborhood coffee shop, um, three months into it, our oldest son, Nick, his bank account, I mean, he's working for minimum wage, five, six, seven hours a week, and his net worth is more than three and a half billion people, half the planet. He's he's an economic superpower, and I'm looking at him thinking, you didn't do this on your own, buddy. And, and really, when I'm judging him, that's really a reflection back about how I'm judging the whole time I kind of thought I did it all on my own, and I didn't. And that realization, what it did to me, Andrea, just intellectually and even in my heart, as an engineer, um, it just brought this enormous, this incredible sense of gratitude. And um, and that got me down. That got me started down this path.
1: Okay, so let's talk about how you, because you used to be in the corporate world. Yeah. So I want to know about that. So what was life? like for you when you were a corporate engineer
0: so I started working with uh, the electric utility in 1987 there was probably seven eight nine ten of us in our class that were hired when I started working there I knew for a fact that that's where I was going to retire knew for a fact and I remember sitting around with a bunch of us at uh, a couple of years in at the in the lunchroom at the table and I'm thinking which one of us is going to be president Right? that's and wow
1: that yeah. was the kind of the attitude that you had it okay was. Yeah. Well, so
0: one of us did become president Wow it wasn't, it wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and and then you know it, it that's where it was I made a lot of friends enjoyed the work that I did and I mean it um, the experiences, the training that I did, like all the things that I did, 1987. And now
1: I can see this, like my life got handed me on a silver platter. It's like you started and there was the path, right? You take this training, you move to this level, and you keep going. Is that what you mean?
0: It, 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 that, my, my upbringing, the country we live in, like all these things that I had just taken for granted, my education, the health system that we have, all these things that, what did I do? To deserve or earn those, okay, zero, nothing. I did nothing. They were just there, and um, and when I answer, ask the question, why? I don't know. I don't know why. Right, and so it's just like so. I saw it as a gift, and that when you can see your life as a gift, powerful things happen. And sometimes, you know, it's your listener can like sit there and go, I don't see my life as a gift, okay. man, because you know, I got all this stuff. I still have lots of crap in my life, but it, it doesn't make the crap go away, but it really reframes how you make sense of the world and, and the challenges that all of us are gonna have.
1: So I read your book and you talked about one word that stuck out to me was privilege. And yeah. it sounds like you're telling the story of you had this realization that you have privilege by where you live, your experience, all of those things. So what did you do after that? So you had this realization, you're feeling really grateful. What was the next step?
0: Uh, I was in grad school at the time, and I needed to do some research on something. So I was in, in doing an MBA, and, and uh, I walked into the dean's office and told him I want to do my research on gratitude. And I don't know, that was 2000, 2001, 2002 at that time, right? I got a very weird look. And, and anyhow, he gave me to one of the faculty there because in 2000, the idea of gratitude really was not mainstream in any way. So I did my research on this. And uh, and then when I finished, I looked at my wife. I said, hon, I think I got to leave my job and start doing this on a full-time basis. And so you just
1: felt called? Was there something you learned? And you're like, I need to spread this yeah, around?
0: Yeah. You know, you just have this sense of... Um, This is what you need to do. You just know. And as an engineer, without all, there wasn't like, okay, here are the pros, here are the cons. Here's the logical, if I was to use all the logic, I would not be doing this, right? But I just knew. And um, Okay,
1: so you just knew. And now you're very successful. You're a speaker. You have a book all of these great things are happening. Where, what roadblocks came? Cause you had this idea, you just knew the logic didn't really make sense. Tell me about the Roblox.
0: Well, the first year I worked full time. I got paid at best part time, right? And it wasn't like where, you know, I earned 25% of my income the first year and we still had mortgage. The kids were just getting ready for school. Um, and then just, you know, the self doubt, the, you know, ongoing struggles and challenges of life. And, uh, that, so tell
1: me more about the self-doubt because i know that's what a lot of people face i face it as well yeah, tell me about that
0: you, you know the am i who, who am i to think that i could do this and uh you know when I, I i remember four or five years ago i hired a marketing guy to help me and he looks at me and he says you just you've made all this up haven't you and I kind of looked at him and he says, and I don't mean that disrespectfully because that's what we all do. We, like, where does innovation come from? It comes from people making things up, creating something that wasn't there before. And when you're making something up, it can feel like is, you know, are you like, am I for real? I'm, you know, who am I to 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 do this? And uh, And then, you know, Come back to that idea of gratitude and gratefulness, because when I can see my uh, privilege is is one word, but also the the gifts and talents that I have. When I can see those, my skills, strengths. When I see those as a gift, I can be more detached from them, and I and I'm not prideful or shameful about anything. It's just who Steve Foreign is, just as who. Andrea Jant said it's we don't we don't have to be ashamed or boastful or prideful about our gifts or talents if we see them as gifts I can be grateful for them and when I'm grateful what do I want to do I want to use them I want to like shine them like a shoe and make the most out of them and when I do that I just use my gifts in service to the world
1: wow okay that's really cool so where did that lead you to then so you kind of went through this self-doubt. You're like, I'm not sure. And then you started to see them as gifts. And when it's a gift, right, you're almost forced to share it. Is that you, you, what happened?
0: You, you are. And and I say that you say, then what happened? Well, I've been on this journey for 15 years. And every now and then self-doubt still creeps in, right? Let's yeah. Say, and you know, because when I start comparing myself, I go to my annual speaker conference and I see people, oh my goodness, look at the talents that they have. I don't have those. As soon as I do that and I catch myself. I'm in comparison mode, and I'm what I'm not doing is honoring the person who I am because I'm not meant to be them. I'm meant to be me, right? So this is a this is a continual journey. I don't believe it's a destination. there I'm done. I don't have to worry about this anymore. So it's just constant of, of coming back to you know understanding who I am and what giftedness that I have because that how I see myself, because if I'm comparing myself to other people. I'm either going to come out um, on the downside, like they're better than me. What's you know, and I, my sense of self shrinks. Uh, I could have a victim mentality. I could have a, uh, I'm not good enough. I, I want what they have. I, I could have an entitlement. You know, why do they have what they have? Jealousy and envy. That does, when I feel that, it doesn't serve me well. Uh, the other one is where I compare myself to someone else, and I'm better than them. And that gives me this, you know, I don't think having a superiority complex or feeling better than someone else serves me well either. So I just, when I compare, I just try to compare myself to the aspiration of who I want to become or who I'm becoming. And is this moving me along where I want to go? And, And gratitude, it helps me do that because it's like, Steve, here's your, you know, your giftedness. You don't play guitar. You're not a singer. You don't juggle. You, you know, yep. right? So if, if and if I want to really want to do that, then Steve, maybe it's time to take some lessons on playing the guitar if it's really that important, you know, to me. So.
1: Okay, cool. So this all led you to this position where you have a book, you're a speaker, yeah. and you can you work with companies to help them build gratitude into their culture. So yeah. that's pretty cool. How does it feel to be in that position?
0: It. I, I always liked what I did in my work. You know, right from the get-go, um, I absolutely just love it. Like, it, like I almost my mouth can water, like salivate. Because you know, when you're when you're doing what you're meant to do on this planet, it's just a real. That in itself is a privilege as well, too. It feels like it, and uh, when you're in the spot where where you're doing what you know exactly what it is that you're meant to do. You know what I mean? Don't yes, you? I know. You know, you know exactly what I mean. And it took me, you know, the path to find that was probably 6 or 7 years that I I when I was in the corporate world that it was like I really like this life is very comfortable and it looks really good, but I'm not doing I'm not in my passion. I'm not spending most of my time doing using the skills so let's
1: I talk about there. that a little bit because i know i saw a stat a couple months ago it's and as a canadian one it said that 70 percent of canadians are not engaged at work so how do people go from not being engaged to engage it sounds like you've been pretty engaged the whole time all of your career when you were in corporate and now that you're an entrepreneur but how do people who are sitting there like not really wanting to be there kind of coasting along, how do you even start?
0: Yeah, you know, the those numbers, um, I've looked at what Gallup has done and they do a global engagement survey and I don't know, they've been doing it for 25 years. The numbers haven't changed globally. Like in the 25 years and all this leadership development money that companies have been spending and everything people are doing, overall, we haven't even moved the needle like so really something is wrong within organizations and and um and the idea of uh, not being engaged you know being complacent i equate that to being ungrateful it's just the absence of you know you know, if you're complacent, taking things for granted. So absence of gratitude.
1: So I want to explore that a little bit more because I always hear this dramatic story. You've probably heard it too because you're an entrepreneur of people being burnt out by the corporate world. I wasn't engaged and then they leave dramatically and then become entrepreneurs. And like that wasn't the situation for me. I had more of a graceful exit and I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur. But I know that's a narrative that I hear a lot. People say, Oh, Andrea, I wish, I wish, I wish. I don't believe that being an entrepreneur is the best way for everybody. I agree. I really believe that you can thrive in the corporate world, in a big organization, in a small organization. So let's talk about that specifically. Yeah, yeah sure.
0: I, you know, and one of the things that I I thought that when I was in the corporate, I had this, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. And in fact, I I thought being an entrepreneur was somehow better than working in corporate. And you know what? That is so wrong. Yeah, but, so wrong. But you will hear in, in circles of entrepreneurs, you will hear people talk as if somehow it's better to be an entrepreneur than to be working in a company or in a nonprofit or in government to be an employee that somehow one is better. And I don't believe that at all because it really is what's important to me is that each of us thrives in our giftedness wherever that is and to you know so I know people that have worked for their entire careers inside a company and when they left they were actively engaged totally committed to everything that they were doing there because that's where they're meant to be.
1: Okay so how do people start figuring this out because most people are not engaged What right? So how do people start?
0: You know, my tool is gratitude, right? And so uh, I invite, I, I would invite you, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, I am either not engaged or I, I, I really, I am actively disengaged, not liking my, the work that I do, I'd invite you to, to ask yourself the question, what are you grateful for about your work, your life, everything in your life situation, I invite you to see it. And I'd even challenge you to, to say, can you see it as a gift? Your your whole life. What parts of your life can you see as a gift? Because when we see our role in our organization, in our companies, when we can see the role that we have as a gift, it fundamentally changes how we we think about it. Our mindset shifts too, right? And it puts us in a different in a in a different headspace, and we're able to focus on the things that we have. Because it's what happens um, is that. As humans, we have a tendency to, uh, one, focus on the negative, and two, adapt. And when we adapt, that brings us back. So we, we stop noticing things that once we're, oh, this is so nice. Uh, you, remember when you got a raise once or someone got a raise and feel, oh, this is great. I finally got this raise three months later. What do you want? I want another raise. We adapt. And so this whole idea, of like you ask the question, why do people so many people not engaged at work, we adapt. And then, and then we focus on the negative. So things. I want to
1: understand this a little bit more. So how does that happen? Because this is cultural, right? So you maybe you start, you're very grateful, but then the people around you are not grateful? Or can you just explain that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, It's
0: it's more than cultural. It's hardwired into how we're, our physiology as human beings. So we, um, you know, Thousands of years ago, when we lived in in the wild with predators, we had to be hyper-focused on negative to, in order to survive. We've evolved. Uh, societies and, and uh, human humanities evolved a lot faster. And yet our ancient brain, our reptilian brain, still has a disproportionate amount of control over how we feel and think. And it drives our mindset. And so we quickly get back into a place of survival mode. Some people would describe it as scarcity, fear, you know, uh, and when we're in that mode, our body, our body produces cortisol, which is a stress hormone, which is the leading cause of, you know, uh, you know, chronic illness. And from stats I've seen in the States, you know, the number one place where, you know, stress occurs is at work. And so we've got, to me, I think it's so critically important because we spend so much time at work to be able to um, to be able to find joy in it. to be able, and, and so how do we do that? To me, the place is, you know, if, if we to see our work as a gift and if we absolutely cannot see our workplace and the role we have as a gift, I think we've got to start asking ourselves, is this the place that I should be?
1: Yeah. So it's like taking it on yourself as like really kind of like looking at what you're grateful for, looking for the gifts, looking for the positive. And then that should you should see a shift in your mood, shift in your engagement. And then if you're not, a deeper question is like, what else is out there?
0: What what else is out there? And and what, you're absolutely right there, Andrea. And when you do that, like, let's notice the positive. It doesn't mean ignore and pretend that the challenges aren't there, but it's it puts us in. Frame of mind where the executive function of our brain can work because if we need to be good at critical thinking, innovative, creative, uh you know, we have to. If we're in a negative emotional state, those things aren't going to happen. We need to be in a positive. So if you're in the
1: if you stay in the negative state, and then you're you realize this is not the place for for me anymore, you're going to be on the lookout for a new job in a negative state.
0: You're yeah, like if if you stay in a negative state. It, it it really isn't gonna when you go somewhere else. It,
1: you bring it with you. you. You bring it
0: with you, and then you might see something that looks really good, and then very quickly you begin to focus on the negative. Okay, so well, that you cycle? continue because you're still we we're so focused on the negative. So we need to get ourselves in a positive emotion.
1: So how do leaders? So say someone's a manager of a team, and they're like, you know, what my team is not very engaged. Yes. How do they implement this? To do
0: that, um, number one. You work on you first, right? We work up because I can't make anyone else be grateful. So I need to, you know, bring it to myself. And I need to show up as a thriving, grateful leader every single day. So I need to keep my positive emotional state. And then I, you know, I, I, I don't go to my team. You don't go to your team and say, you know, you should be grateful for this job. You should be grateful for the benefits. That's
1: threatening. That, right? That's, <laughs> bringing up the fear mindset, right?
0: It, it, it is. And it's... Like, I, I kind of, at our, our dinner table as kids growing up, I don't like peas and carrots. You eat your peas and carrots, you know there's how many people in the world? You should be grateful you have pe-. Like, that doesn't work. We can't tell people. We just need to invite people and create a space. So as a leader or as a manager in an organization, create the space, the safe space, where people can um, you know, be invited into a place where they're able to step back and reflect on, okay, what is it about this work that I that I like most? What is You're it going like?
1: really deep. How, let's talk about basics. So there's a meeting happening Okay, Monday so morning. How do you, if someone's like, you know, I want to start this on my team, what's the best way for them to just dive in and start?
0: One of the things I do, start every meeting by going around the table. Let's, everyone, before we get going, one thing we're grateful for. And just go around the table, and then you can mix it up. It's like, okay, what we're going to do now? Uh, the next week is one. Th- what we'll, we'll go around? One thing we're grateful for about someone else in on the team, and then and do a ping pong, so that knowing everyone gets picked once, and everyone gets to edify and build up somebody else. And what you do when you do that is you start creating. You get people starting to to see the good around them and 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 when they go around the table and, and if they say their gratitudes and, and everything is about I'm grateful for my family or this and none of it is at work don't worry about it because what we're doing here is we're training our brains to be in a positive emotional state and if getting in a positive emotional state means being grateful for things at home that is perfectly fine.
1: I think for me sometimes if I'm really tired I do a gratitude journal every day I try every day and sometimes I'm not feeling it's for sometimes I have to force myself completely honest but sometimes it's like I'm grateful for this coffee yep it, <laughs> some days that's all I can write
0: um you know another thing that you can do because thanks for pushing back and say give me something really practical that these people can do is um you know notice the the good in the people that that report to you because at, at work Anyone, you are the most important person that they feel in the. In I love organization. that. So it's
1: like a, it's almost an exercise. It's like, what am I grateful for today on my, team? On my and team? By name, okay, this person, I'm grateful about this. And if maybe, I think that will change how you treat them too. If you're starting your day or starting your week with recognizing the good in them, I to- think you'll treat them differently. You
0: totally. Will. And and so if 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 you've got the problem employee, right. What what I've done with, you know, people and not employees, but relationships is just think positive thoughts about them, wish them well, like, and this is, I do this internally. And then all of a sudden, this one guy that I had this with, it was like he changed, but he did not change. I changed. And my whole mindset about them because I had this negative mindset. So you were
1: in the survival mode with that, really, with in that, that person, relationship in with that, that relationship. person. And then you flipped it, just you on your own. They didn't have to do anything. They didn't you do anything. You flipped the switch to thriving.
0: Totally. And, you know, and and you can express this gratitude to your people. And when you do it, there could be a tendency to always want to link it to, Andrea, great job on the interview today. And, you know, and link it to results. And, and that's good don't always link it to results we need, your people need to know that you care about them andra i loved your i loved your laugh and your energy just see the gifts in your people and so that they know that you care about them and
1: so it's beyond a performance assessment right good job on the interview good job on the presentation is performance feedback right? but this is about just personal feedback being a human being okay
0: like your people need to know that you care about them and do this with colleagues do do it with your supervisor right oh, some people yes. think, some people think it's oh i the only way gratitude should flow or recognition in an organization is down it should go down up sideways outside to customers to suppliers do you think are suppliers important in your you know in the delivery of your products or services to customers absolutely extend gratitude you know that relate to the quality the, the work they actually do but also to them as people. Okay,
1: so anybody can literally apply this for themselves, wherever they are in the organization, whoever they work with. You just start being grateful for the people around you, being grateful for things in your own life, and then the ripple effect kind of happens. And so this idea of like being in on the line, I think of like the line of like the survival mindset to the thriving mindset. So kind of how does that work if you're kind of like the one person that's kind of crossed the line? Is it... Do people try to pull you back or how do you stay in that mindset? Cause I'm going to be honest, Steve, like our culture, you know, it's like survival, it's scarcity, it's you versus me. It's taken away from my success and it's not all about abundance. How do we, cause everybody talks about it. How do you actually do it? it.
0: Okay. So a little more context, the uh, adaptation and negative, um, Negativity a- attribution bias. These are things that are wired into you and me. So, can you humans. explain
1: negativity attribution? Negative attribution, attribution bias yes. is
0: our just. We focus on the negative as humans. It's survive. This is our brain keeping you alive. Okay, we're on the lookout for danger. Our brain is hyper focused on making. So, because of that, we have this. That's pulling us back into survival mode. And then adaptation, we just get used to things. And so those are at work constantly. It is like gravity. It's an unrelenting force trying to pull us down. So it's not just other people in the world. Okay. We just notice that it's other people. So it's constantly there. So we need to do something on a regular basis. So think of if you've got an exercise routine. Do you, okay, go to the gym for a month. Or practice or run for two months and say, there, I'm in shape, I'm done. You don't. You have to do it every single day. And so this is no different. If we want to stay above the line, is that we need to put some practice in place that we can do every day to ensure that we are building in, you know a, a grateful, thriving mindset. And so four things you can do. One, make a gratitude list. Every day. Write it down or record it in an electronic journal. Two, read or listen to what other people are grateful for. It's fuel for you, your inspiration. Three, share what you're grateful for. Talk about it with others. Your spouse, partner, kids, parents. At work, your colleagues. The people that report to you. Talk about it. And four, say thank you. So express your gratitude. To others, pay it forward, pay it back, smile. Uh, saying thank you is very broad. So those four things, mm-hmm. is do those every day and do it very intentionally. Work it into your day. It should not take more than six minutes a day.
1: Six minutes a day.
0: Six. These, to me, are the most important six minutes in any one set.
1: And that will kind of keep you in that abundance mindset, that keep, keep you in that thriving mindset, keep you open to new opportunities and positive.
0: It is. And, and Andrea... I'm not saying I'm over here dancing, thriving 100% of the time. Because this is a dance that we do all day, right? We're moving back and forth. you know, We're going from surviving to thriving. But when we slip out of it, we want to get back there as quick as possible. Okay. So we need to spend as much time as po- That's the idea. Yes. How can our mindset be in this space as much as possible?
1: So I have a question about diversity. <laughs> because... When I talk to people about diversity, especially about policies and strategies and what organizations are doing, people, I think, automatically go to that survival mindset. It's a us versus them. If we have more minorities, if we're trying to find more minorities, bring them into the company, it's going to take away from the people that are already here. Um, they're getting that opportunity just because they are uh, fill in the blank. And that is the the way that people go. And then also the minorities are like, I do not want to be the statistic. I don't want to get to that position just because I am a fill in the blank. So how does this, because I think it's all has to do with scarcity mindset. So how can we have a different conversation about this?
0: Yeah, you're right. The entire language that you use there was one of survival. It's either this or this, and it's a very, a narrowing of options. And um, you know, in the literature, there is a, um, a theory and a concept known as broaden and build. And uh, it's through po- it, you know, positive psychology. So when we're in a positive frame of mind, and gratitude is one of those things that is quickly going to get us in that positive frame of mind, is that we, when we're in situations, we don't look to narrow or to, um, to restrict or protect, or to avoid, right? Because these are all the behaviours that are associated with scarcity and survival. Uh, broaden and build, when we're in a positive frame of mind, these, the, the types of behaviours that are um, uh, encouraged and, and nurtured are approach behaviours. We, we tend to lean in more. We look for possibilities. We look for alternatives and opportunities and options. We, um, we're more, open, more creative and innovative and even the you know physiological chemicals that are produced in our brains are different when we're in that survival mindset our body is going to produce cortisol to protect us and you know cortisol when we need it in certain times but when it's long term in our bodies it's going to lead to chronic disease and it leads to stress and all these other things whereas you have got serotonin dopamine and oxytocin when we're in a positive frame of mind when those are produced you cannot have cortisol in your system and so it puts us in a place where we're open to different possibilities and it's not an either or it's it's more of an and like we can do this and we can bring in diversity and and it doesn't take it's not a taking away it's a Building and a creation. It's like it. we
1: can create a culture where everybody can thrive. And that right. means you who are already in the position, like you can thrive and you can excel to even a higher level. Right. And then we're gonna bring other people along and they're gonna bring new ideas and we're gonna get excited and they're gonna be open to new possibilities and we're gonna build off each other. Is that kind of what
0: it is we're and aiming we're st- for? And we're still gonna have challenges with it. And you know what? I'm okay with the challenges that we're gonna have with whatever it is that we do. Because whether we do something or don't don't do anything, we're still going to have challenges. But I know that we're gonna we have the ability to deal with this. We we nothing is insurmountable.
1: Like we'll figure it out. We're
0: we are going to figure it out. How oh. do you know you're going to figure? How do you know you're going you're going to figure it out? Some things in in life are prescriptive, but some things are just philosophical that we know that we know we need to do, and all this stuff with gratitude and the research that's proving things, like. We've had generations of human beings that have been raised for centuries. And, you know, parents teach children to be polite, say thank you and all this. There was no research that told them to do that. They just knew that this was the thing to do. And now social science is catching up and it's saying, "Huh, we should do this, you know.
1: I do have to tell you something really funny story. This is totally personal. So I make my children say thank you. And it was, I don't even know if I consciously made that decision to put it into my life but my child gets invited to people's houses all the time Mm -hmm. and I get this feedback from the other parents oh your child is so polite Mm -hmm. and they just keep getting invited Mm -hmm. so it's just it's bang on like I am the case study of one but how that simple thing that I I didn't even really consciously do it's actually open up opportunities for like new connections and child to have friends and my child, me to have some free time. So it's really amazing.
0: (laughs) It, 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 It does, you know, what gratitude does, the research will tell us it takes, it makes us, it turns us from being me focused to other focused. And so I'm aware of myself, but you know, when I see, I see my life as a gift. Oh my goodness. Look at all these others. Some who I know by name, some I have no idea. Because they, they're long dead, long before I was even born. Help me. And so it really does get us other-focused. So, so let's go down
1: to this from the diversity yes. perspective. So how does that look? So say you are a senior person in a company. How do you start look, becoming other-focused? Because I think that's the key to really creating a diverse culture where everyone can thrive. So how do you start?
0: For me, again, right back to that. Because gratitude is my tool. Make a list of what you're grateful for every day. How how do you do this? As a, this is a very um, th- this is you, you might want other people in your organization to be more grateful because mm-hmm. you, you hear this and you think, oh yeah. Well, we got this is the person who needs yes. it. Resist the temptation to do that. Own it for yourself and continue to you know you know ask yourself what do you what am I grateful for about and and when you when you list what you're grateful for don't, well, I say don't, you can frame it as a benefit to you. Oh, Andrea, I'm so thankful that you had me on this podcast because my message is going to get out, right? So that's a benefit to me. Andrea, I thank you for taking a risk because every time you invite someone onto to a podcast, you, you're putting your reputation on the line. Thanks for doing that. See, so yeah, the second one, I framed it as a sacrifice that yeah. you did. And so when you, when we list your gratitudes, just notice and pay attention to how you're framing them. When I did research on this, we're four times more likely to frame our gratitudes as benefits to ourselves versus the sacrifices that others have made. So, uh, especially if if you're a CEO, if you're the owner, if you're a manager, you know, I really would challenge you when you're making your gratitudes is to make sure you're you're listing them, particularly around work, about sacrifices that others have made. And that that gets you more other folk. That more intense, intensely gets you Does more Does it need
1: focus. to be a sacrifice that others have made or something that someone else has delivered? Does that work it, the same either. way?
0: When I say sacrifices that others have made, things that people do things for you without expectation of return, it costs them something. And when I say cost... It doesn't have to be a financial cost. It could be any, you know, risk. Uh, you know, you talk about it in terms of, you know, making an introduction to someone and, you know, putting them in the, in the spotlight is that your, your reputational risk is a cost, right? Yeah. Right. So that is a sacrifice that someone is going to make. And, and when you know that or when your people know that, they know that you've made, they'll feel grateful for you.
1: Okay, so it's a, at the so the first step is you start start basics writing yep. stuff you're grateful for like I'm grateful for this coffee. Yeah, then it's like I'm so grateful that Steve bought me this coffee this morning. Right, that would be the phase two, and right. then phase three would be like thank you Steve for this amazing coffee it made my day.
0: Yeah, it's it, 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 you know this own it for we own it for ourselves. And, and then continue to work on it and then spread it out to others. And when it, we do that, it touches others. And even in those first two framings of that coffee, because I'm involved in it, it still has an impact on me, right? And then, and because it's other focused, because you know, you're expressing, I'm grateful that, you know, I received this okay. coffee today. It's still, because gratitude is like a barometer. It makes us aware that others are acting on our behalf, that a change has happened and um, I love this word, pro-noia. Uh, most people haven't heard of the word pro They've heard of the term paranoia. Paranoia? The world is conspiring against me. pro The world, the people around me, are conspiring in my favor. What if... That was the mindset we had when we came to work every day. Oh, if,
1: so good! <laughs>
0: what if your people, you listening, right? What if your people believed had this sense of, at work, they had this sense of pronoia that everyone here in this place is conspiring in my favor to help me be successful. And gratitude is a tool that you can use. Just start with yourself and then, you know, get your team meetings doing this and getting people. You know, you say we get people rowing in the same direction, but we need to be in a positive frame of mind too. So.
1: Okay, so I just, one last question. So I know... Women and minorities specifically, and I can just speak up speak on behalf of women. I also did a podcast about this a couple episodes ago called Why Women Don't Support Other Women. And it has to do with scarcity mindset. And this social scientists have studied this. And it's this idea when women kind of get to those higher status positions or people of color, this research study both. Um, say you get to that VP level, you look around and you say, oh, you know what? There's only 25% women at this level. And you automatically go into protection mode because mm. you're like, yep. you know what, I can't. If, I, if somebody else comes up, then they're going to, you know, maybe take away from my status. Or if there's someone beside me that's at the same level as me, if I help them to excel, they might get to the next level for me. And there's only so much room for women because that's all I can see. And this is all unconscious. So people don't do this on purpose. So I know this and I know it's awful. And women have told me that, you know, women don't always support other women. I always see it and they're quick to point the finger and I think this is a beautiful way to solve this. So let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, so um, gratitude alone. Gratitude alone by oneself can be more difficult to solve that. And that's so this whole idea of doing gratitude in community. You know, So if we can find ways to talk, and you talk to other women about it, and when you do that, what do people... Are they more likely to do something about it after you have those conversations? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah,
0: right? So having this sense of gratitude and, and you know, for the woman in, the, in that seat, again, I would invite you to ask yourself the question, what are you grateful for about your role? Right? Because Andrea, what you described to me, if I do this, there's only 25, like that scarcity mindset, That's survival mode, right? Yes. Like how, can and we you...
1: automatically go to that yeah. though, and it's not our fault, and it doesn't mean you're a bad person. No, it's not. Everybody does it,
0: right? And so, just again, ask yourself that question: What am I grateful for? Do I see my my role as a female leader in this company, in this organization, in this government, wherever it is, as a gift? And 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 if you can see it as a gift, what are you grateful for? And really own that as a gift, because when you Receive it as a gift. What do you do with gifts? You care for them. You, you, you make, you, you're going to want to do something with them and it gets you, and you're going to be aware of what others have done to help you and support you and all this. And, and it, I guess the other thing, you know, yes, I saw my life as you know, handing me on a silver platter. You still have to do work, right? And I, I'm not taking away from any of the work that anyone has done to get to those places because it does take work. But being in that positive frame of mind opens the possibility to do it and connect with other women that are in those same spots and have those conversations together. Because when we do it together, because if I'm all by myself mm-hmm. with my gratitude, it can. I need fuel from it. others. That's why you know those four steps, one of them is read or listen to what other people are grateful for. On a daily basis, I read or listen to somewhere between 10 to 20 other people what they're grateful for every day. People that don't know me or, you know, that have no agenda. To, and it gives me fuel and perspective on my own situation. Okay, and I'm
1: going to be on your gratitude blog in you April. Are,
0: so you were going to be one of those people that I get to read every day and all our people are going to get to yes, read your gratitude. That's
1: super exciting. We'll, we'll put a link. I'll put a link to that gratitude right. blog in yep. the show description. Um, so we don't have any time left. So at the end of every podcast, Steve, so thank you so much for coming on. This was, amazing. And I just love this idea that you can control your own mindset and you can do work to get yourself to abundance, to thriving, because I think that's really what it's going to take for everybody to thrive in the workplace. And I ask everybody if for one thing that they can do. So we talked about a lot of things, um, and I want people to be able to take action about what they learned. So what is one thing that they can do within the next 24 hours to apply gratitude in their lives
0: sure um, for you make a commitment to every day make a list of three things that you're grateful for and it doesn't matter what time of the day that you do it and uh, for your team or at work is start beginning your meetings by sharing one thing you're grateful for and Andrea just the uh, we had some notes and questions before we started and for the listeners <laughs> We went off script.
1: Yeah, we totally went off script, but I think we got a lot of really great insight from that. Um, And also, if people want to learn more about you, how do they do that?
0: You can go to my website, gratitudeatwork.ca, and also you can find me on LinkedIn on social media.
1: Okay, great. And you have a book? Yeah. You can order the book from the website. You
0: can get the book on the website, Surviving to Thriving. Andrea, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the work that you're doing in uh, in making a dent and a difference in, uh, in getting
1: more women in leadership. Well, thank you, Steve, for coming on. This was a pleasure. I am so excited to share with you today that Ambitious Every Day is here in the world. It is like having your very own leadership coach in the form of a journal to help you focus and take action towards your goals every single day. It is the coaching exercises that I take my clients through illustrated by the talented Jill Jackson. So it's a book. There are questions that you ask. It's just like I'm your leadership coach right there in with you holding your hand, helping you figure out what ambition means to you, helping you set goals and come up with a plan to make them happen. And you can actually get a preview for free by going to andreajensen.com forward slash journal. You can also order your physical copy and it will come to you in the mail, but you can try it for completely free in a PDF right to your inbox. Go to andreajansencom forward slash journal to get yours today. Hey, if you're still listening to the podcast, if you've made it this far, I would probably assume that you're getting some value out of these weekly podcasts. And I would like to ask you a favor. If you could take a minute to give me a review on iTunes. So click on the podcast, give me some comments, give me some feedback, because that helps spread the word about the Diversity at Work podcast, and it helps to build more diversity champions and get people learning, get people curious about what it's really going to take to close the gender gap. And after you've done that, if you still have some time, you could take a screenshot of the podcast and post it in your social media. That can help spread the word as well. Thank you so much.